Charlie, give a take. Can you Devin say Funch is truthers suck? Fantasy <laughs> <laughs> points per target don't matter. Charlie's accent is supposed to be a, a British schoolboy. Charlie, what are your thoughts on Kiaris Garrett? I yeah. don't think Kiaris Garrett's going to make the roster. <laughs> no. <laughs> Son of a bitch, I... Charlie. Don't fuck with me, Charlie. Welcome to the Bull Rush. This is episode 35. I am Ty Miller. Tonight I'm joined by Scott Fish and Dynasty Frank, as Scott likes to call him, Dynasty Nemo. <laughs> yes! <laughs> oh, dude, you know what's hilarious? I called myself the same fucking thing, like, right out of surgery. I'm like, I'm like finding Nemo over here. I'm like, fuck it here. <laughs> For the listeners that don't know, Frank was uh, gone last week because he had uh, he had to have some surgery on his ear. So, and now yes. he's got like a half size ear. Now I got about an eighty percent size ear tie. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, look, about twenty percent out of my ear. Yeah. Okay, so along with Scott and Dynasty Nemo here, we have uh, we have a guest, and you can find his work on NFL.com, Football Guys, and TheBackyardBanner.com, where he also puts out an excellent podcast. Tonight, we are joined by Reception Perception creator, Matt Harmon. What's going on, Matt? Oh, man, uh, lots going on over here. It's, it's, <laughs> uh, I didn't know, I did not know Frank had surgery. I knew he was not on the last podcast because I listened to it, but... Uh, Thank you. I, yeah, of course. Um, I, 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 assure the, I, assure the, I assure the check will be here soon. Uh, <laughs> yes, it's in the mail. But uh, no, I didn't notice about Frank's ear until you mentioned it now. I've been talking to him for like 30 minutes, and uh, now I'm... I want to leave. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you look, you look now good. Now it's Frank. disgusting. Now it's you see the stitches and everything. Yes, it's oh, right yeah, there. It's, it's actually quite horrific. Yes, it is very <laughs> horrific. But your that, hair, Matt, is quite legitimately looking away. Your, <laughs> but your hair looks your hair looks good. Which that's all that matters. That's all that matters, Scott. Uh, um, Matt, Scott, you <laughs> hear that? You hear that, Scott? All that matters is the hair. Yeah, the Dynasty Nemo's drunk. Gentlemen. Bourbon. <laughs> Bourbon. <laughs> Yeah, so Matt, the last time you were on, you uh, it was before the draft, I believe, and uh, you were kind of going through the the uh, wide receivers from this rookie class. Since then, a lot of them have been drafted. Kind of curious, uh, is there any particular guy that stands out now that went up in your rankings or down in your rankings due to where they landed? I don't know if any. I mean, everybody really talks about Leonte Carew moving down their rankings, um, and I think that's actually an important one to talk about because... I would say he hasn't changed as drastically in mine as he has maybe in others. And I think he's really kind of like a steal at the top of the second round in rookie drafts. Um, because, you know, if you listen to the Dolphins press conference after they drafted him, and Josh Norris has done a good job of uh, pointing this out on his uh, series for the uh, Roto World Football podcast, the Dolphins called Leontay Crew a target player, somebody that was really important for them to draft 
and for one, as we were talking about before the show, I think that matters. What the team think, that, that actually matters, by the way. Um, and I think that why they called him a target player was because he really fits something that they need in their receiving core. We know they have Jarvis Landry, who is another guy that Twitter loves to hate. Um, but he fills a very specific role as the short-to-intermediate slot receiver, and I know they want him to play a little more outside because they want Parker to play more in the slot, and that makes a lot of sense because while he's Parker's ADP is a little out of control, still seemingly out of control, um, in like the fourth to fifth round range of redraft leagues too, which is nuts, he's a guy that really struggled with defeating press coverage last year. He made some big plays, but there was a lot of those came aligned off the line of scrimmage or in the slot, and you've, we've heard coming out of training camp that they want to play him there more, and he's even struggling to get open in camp were some of the reports that were detailed recently. And Carew, I think, fits that ex-receiver role very well. He can line up on the line of scrimmage and was one of the best receivers in reception perception beating press coverage this offseason. So I really think they did target him with a very specific purpose. He got starter reps while Parker was hurt during OTAs. So I think Kenny Stills will still figure into the equation, but it makes sense to me why they really wanted to go after Carew. Now, whether Ryan Tannehill can support three relevant fantasy receivers, it's a whole other question. But I think he's a guy whose landing spot has changed a lot of people's perception of him. But I think it's still very important that he was a guy that they really targeted for a specific reason. And not only that, it says a lot about the other players on the roster. Hmm. Yeah, but you sure. don't expect anything from him this year, right? I mean, he's more of a, like, next year, basically. Um, yeah. I mean, it depends. It really depends, like, what format you're talking about. I mean, I wouldn't surprise it wouldn't surprise me if he gives you some usable weeks this year, but I mean, good luck guessing when those will be. Uh, right. It really depends, like, on if he continue if he can continue to build on the drumbeat that he's already created. If we go into preseason and training camp and he's still playing really well and Parker is still struggling, perhaps he can figure in more. As we stand right now, it would be yeah a little unrealistic to expect him to be a major factor in year one. I don't know why you hate Parker so much, Matt. I don't understand. <laughs> that's I, Frank's guy. That's my, that's, my, that's my boy. That's my dude right there. Oh, right. Yeah, I forgot. Um, well, <laughs> no, I mean, I don't hate Parker. I just think that he has a long way to go in realizing his immense potential, which is right. certainly still there. Hold I mean, on, Frank. He's just saying he sucks. He's just being yeah, nasty. Yeah, I know. I know. I, it, did, it did bother me last year where, where the reports were um, – Parker had to rewatch his college tape to get some confidence yeah. like, that he can still play. What is that? That I was mean, a huge red flag to me. I'm like, are you kidding me? You're watching yourself play in college to prove to yourself that you can still be successful in football? The thing about Parker is that he was – his biggest question to me coming out of school was could he develop more than one release move off the line of scrimmage to defeat press coverage because you heard people say a lot – coming off his college tape, well, he only has one release move off the line, but it works every time. I mean, that can work against inferior college cornerbacks, especially when you're a premier athlete like Parker, but at the NFL level, you can't get away with that. And then he injured, he got injured in training camp, missed all that time in order to work on more release moves. So while his physical ability still was able to shine through, and he will always have that, he's got to get better defeating press coverage. I mean, he had, at one point, it was the worst score I've ever charted. Now he's been replaced by Devin Funches, another guy we talked about before we started, <laughs> as the worst score against press coverage. But, wow. uh, 
Yeah, well, shocking. I know. You can't, you can't bring up Devin Funches in a negative way, Matt. You should know that by now. I know. I will. Yeah, my account is, uh. is up for deletion after that. But no, I just <laughs> Parker's got the long-term potential for sure. And we're just. I think. I don't think we're going to see it in full this year. And I think that his redraft price like indicates that it is, and that's just shocking to me. Right. I dig that, Matt. I'm worried. You've worried me. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, you recently released a Tyler Lockett reception perception on Backyard Banner and, uh, and effectively bumped his ADP by more than five rounds. So um, thanks a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, it feels like you've been... You know, it's the Matt ben- Harmon effect, man. I'm I know. It's you. this bump. It's I tried to pay him for Odell Beckham Jr. for a negative blurb about Odell Beckham Jr. and no well, amount of money... You haven't paid me enough. Maybe that's the problem. <laughs> Maybe that's the problem. Hey, the Gmail that you invited me to on this Hangout, that's the same one that's my PayPal. PayPal. So if you want to send me a few more dollars, maybe I will. Well, and, um, and for those of you listening, that Gmail account is scottfish24 at gmail.com. <laughs> oh, wow. No, that's, that's harsh. That's weird that I would make my email that. That's <laughs> I thought so, too. I, I was upset it was already taken when I went to sign up. But, <laughs> but can, we, can we talk about, um, can we talk about uh, this whole Tyler Lockett thing? Cause, please, please. I think about, can I ask you a question before we talk about it? Please, please. I do better answering questions than I do asking myself questions. <laughs> okay, okay. So you, you teased that you had a, a new... Uh, a new darling, mm-hmm. and then you waited like a week before telling people. Oh, it was a weekend. Give me a break, Scott. <laughs> okay. <laughs> how many ty- How many? In how many leagues did you trade for Tyler Lockett before you Zero. announced that? <laughs> Zero. I couldn't because nobody nobody will trade with me anymore for a while. Yes. Nobody because everybody oh. suspects I'm up to some stuff. Oh, yeah. trust me, I know how that goes. That's true. For, yeah. for years, that was me with Debbie. If I even went after a Debbie player. Everybody locked down. I totally yeah. understand that. In my home league, it was the exact same way. If I went after somebody, I had to pay through the nose, and then I figured out that I'd never go after the guy I want first. I always go after somebody else. Yeah, and then he, they make me, you know, you got to pay three first rounders. And I'm like, all right, you know what? Forget about that guy. What about this guy? Meanwhile, he was a, he was the original guy I really wanted, and it's always cheaper. Yeah. Well, I, I could only imagine what Matt. Or or Scott has to do trying to get a Devi or Matt with a wide receiver. Forget it. No, I will I will say I will say the the only one I tried in in all leagues and got shot down in two and the only ones that I got a good response was in a league I'm in with Evan Silva and and he noticed that like I sent him an offer and like a few minutes after I tweeted that and he's like wait a second uh, I don't think I can. he's like. He's like, wait, I don't think I can do this anymore. You're tweeting about some breakout player. He's like, I know you weren't high on Lockett coming out, but now I feel like, and so he picked up on it right away and was yeah. like, no, 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 I'm not doing this. So it's, that is really, it's a thing. That's a problem. I can't, I can't seem to pry any of these guys I like away in the at- leagues I'm actually in. So let's hear about it. I mean, what, what's going on here? Yeah, three, 306 I, heard, I saw on Twitter. Yeah. He's all the, all, the way, the, all the way up into the third round in some. Yeah. So, first point. Um, I'm not always right. That's a shocking thing to hear. Um, just because Gelhard just walked in and is giving me a weird face, and I said I'm not always right because it's shocking to ever hear me say something like that. Um, but <laughs> look, just because I nailed, um, just because I got the Allen Robinson thing right last year, doesn't mean I'm always going to be right every year. 
Um, and even I didn't expect Allen Robinson to catch 14 touchdowns and be a top five fantasy right. receiver. Uh, when I say when I say that Tyler Lockett is my, you know, Allen Robinson this year, that just means that I think he is a second year player who absolutely busted reception perception scores and you know was way better than I expected, and is somebody that I think is going to be an NFL star and is way better than people think he is right now. That's essentially what I mean. I don't mean that you need to pay through the nose and punch out your league mates to get Tyler Lockett, especially because, you know, and 14 Team Mockers pointed this out on a podcast too, talking about reception perception. It's not necessarily a fantasy evaluation. I think it's important to fantasy because how good a player is will always matter. And Allen Robinson broke out for several reasons last year. One being he's really damn good, which his reception perception illuminated, but also because the Jags were constantly playing from behind mm-hmm. because he demanded a, tar- a large target share. Opportunity. Those, yeah, right. Those last two things, I don't know if Tyler Lockett's going to get that this year. In fact, I think it would be a stretch to say that he would get that this year. So mm-hmm. I just want everybody to, 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 to just calm down a little bit. Um, I get it, like, uh, for one, it's very, one, weird, and two, cool that people take my word this, this, uh, this strongly, but don't follow me blindly, please. I'm not asking anybody to do that. I, I want to get Tyler Lockett everywhere, too. I think he's going to have a great NFL career, and I think he's going to be great this season, because one thing that I've tried, been trying to do more, especially because clearly people are taking this stuff really seriously that I say, I've tried to only say things that I think will matter, like... I try to do a little bit of digging through people that I know that are close to the team and try to actually source a little bit. And I, I mean, that was one thing right away when I decided it was I was going to put Tyler Lockett out there like this. I reached out to a few people, and they all came back with glowing reports that the team thinks he has an elite ceiling, is very, very high on him. They think he could lead the team in receiving yards this this year, even though they just re-signed Doug Baldwin. That was a lot of the things that I heard. So there's You're legitimately other... You're not helping hit. I know, I know, I'm not helping. <laughs> well, his ADP right now. I'm just saying, though, you know, they think he could be the best receiver. His ceiling is elite. But my He's point. He's gonna climb five more rounds. He's gonna be the my first. Point, my point is just that we don't need to go so crazy just because I don't do it just because I said it. Okay, that's right. my point. You're, you're doing damage control right, right now. Well, yes, okay. Doing <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> yes. This is what the community is. We're either all in on a player, and the next month where we hate this player, the Devontae Parker early in the offseason was going for an enormous uh, price tag, and now he's crap. DGB was going for an enormous price tag early in the offseason. Now he's, you know, he's dropped off. Moncrief wasn't going for as much as he is now. It's what Watch we what do. you're saying. Watch what you <laughs> say about It's what I we think- do. We love a player, and then we hate a player. And it's oh, just... let me, speaking about Moncrief, um, you hate him, right? Matt? No, no, no. I love, I love Moncrief. Damn it. So sorry, Frank. You're damn right. <laughs> but you know, everybody when they were asking about my Allen Robinson this year, before I put Tyler Lockett through reception perception, I always said like, well, you know, it would be Dante Moncrief, but that's too easy. Everybody's kind of already on him. You know, in sharp leagues, in MFL tens and everything, he's going in like the fourth or fifth round, and that's fine because I think he'll pay back that price. In more casual leagues, he's going later, and he'll be like a league-winning pick in those leagues. But I think that it's too easy to say Dante Moncrief. And, and to, to be honest with you, talking about like trade offers, one of the things after I put the Tyler Lockett piece out is in a league where I own Dante Moncrief when you know, the guy was obviously trying to 
trying to like, as soon as I put that piece out, I had an offer in my inbox for Tyler Lockett for Dante Moncrief straight up, and I said no, I would still rather have Moncrief in Dynasty than Lockett. Mm. So if you want me to be measured about something, I guess there's that. <laughs> I think I think what that <clears throat> what your call did was confirm what a lot of people were kind of on. Not like they didn't love Lockett to the to this degree. But I think a lot of people were liking Lockett. We had in in our Capitalist Pigs League that us three are in. Uh, there was there was some pretty big bidding war on Tyler Lockett, some fighting yeah. over him, and and there was there was a lot of uh, potential hype there. And uh, the day after, I liked that the day after you released that, ESPN ran a piece on Tyler Lockett as well. So I don't I don't <laughs> think any of this is helping, well, <laughs> especially this podcast. <laughs> okay, so you've uh, pretty much ruined any chance of getting Tyler Lockett. Is well, there? Well, I got him. I got him in kitchen sink four. Thank you very much, Matt. I don't well, own him. I don't own him. Have him. I literally don't own him anywhere because obviously nobody will trade me Anybody. anymore. <laughs> But at yeah. the same time, also, like, he was, you know, I wrote about this in the piece. He wasn't a player I was high on coming out of college. And that's why he's been such an important uh, study for me because uh, it was, it's really taught me a lot about just the flaws of just straight up watching game film without a consistent log like reception perception to keep you honest about things. So, but anyways, we can stop talking about Tyler Lockett before he starts going in the second round of startups. <laughs> well, let's, let's ruin somebody else's ADP. Do you have uh, any other wide receivers? Uh, I know you've mentioned Willie Sneed out here and Albert Wilson. Um, Come on. Yeah, I know. What's, what's going on, man? You, you got anybody else for us? Yeah, any so those are... Those are two guys. Well, so what were you going to say, Scott? Sorry. I was going to say any that you haven't mentioned anywhere else on the massive amounts of podcasts and Twitter. But Yeah, you know, two guys that I'm coming, ar- well, I'm coming around to the entire Chargers receiving core. I'm actually thinking about working an article together about like why they have one of the five best receiving cores in the NFL. Let's talk about podcasts I was just on. I was uh, just on the Overtime Ireland podcast talking about the top five receiving cores in the NFL, and I, I put the Chargers in there. I think that would surprise some people, but I really like – I'm coming more around to Travis Benjamin there. Love him. Um, I mm-hmm. always liked Travis Benjamin as a player, but the more and more I think about it, like the way San Diego runs that quick, up-tempo passing game – you know, it, it puts a ton... I was actually going back and forth with Adam Harstead about this today, like how much stress that puts on a defense when you have a guy like Keenan Allen and Stevie Johnson that can just thump you on those short, crossing, intermediate routes, like over and over and over again. But the way... The reason San Diego is so successful is because they have that lid popper. They've always had Malcolm Floyd, and I think that's why they went out and were like, we got to get another guy, and they got Travis Benjamin in there. I think he's going to get a pretty good amount of volume because one thing that we keep overlooking is that Ladarius Green's not there anymore, and that opens up some t- some target share. So I think he'll see whatever targets Malcolm Floyd had last year in addition to uh, probably inheriting a lot of those forgotten Ladarius Green targets. And so I think both of those guys, Stevie Johnson's another one that's always been a reception perception stud. I think those two are still pretty underrated. Like, you can get Johnson basically for free in MFL 10s, like in the last round, and he will have some weeks where he scores for you. You know, I wouldn't go draft him in a standard redraft league, um, but I think he's still valuable. I think he's still an underrated guy. He's, I don't even know if he's not even, he might not even be 30 yet, to be honest with you talking about age but yeah, he's if he, uh, if he is it's right at it it's yeah if he is he's right at 30 because he i know he was not 30 last year so he's still a guy that i think has some good years left as their slot receiver i'm really just high on that whole passing offense because they're going to throw the ball a lot and then another guy that i didn't think that i was going to be high on was marvin jones but he yep. goes as like wide receiver 40 in redraft leagues i mean that's insane i think that based on the value like 
he's just he's a more valuable commodity than Golden Tate right now, just because Golden Tate's so much more expensive. Right. Um, and if you look at Jones's reception perception, he doesn't really come out very well just on his raw success rate versus man coverage or press coverage scores. But then when you look at his route tree, over 34% of the routes that he ran were nine routes, and it was one of his most unsuccessful routes, one of the ones he created the least separation on. He made some plays, but again, that just kind of shows he doesn't get open on a consistent basis on those deep routes. But when you look at his curl route score, his slant route score, some of those more shorter kind of boundary possession routes, those were his best ones, and I think he will be used in that way more in Detroit because he's Mm -hmm. going to be more of a primary target. He's going to have to get those kind of targets more than he did in Cincinnati where they had two established studs and he was the third kind of guy there. So he's another one that I didn't think I was going to be high on and or write a write a piece about him, but he's probably one that I haven't talked about yet that I think I will soon. Nice. Yeah, Marvin Jones always seemed like he's more, he's quicker than fast. You know, like he, I don't, he's running those nine routes, and I, don't, I can't see him making, sep- I, I can't see him having much separation, but when those quick little slant routes, those in routes, you could see him, you know, that's his, more in his wheelhouse. And he, and he has, I was tweeting about like some uh, reception perception superlatives last night. If you want to click the hashtag and go back and see those. Um, he's a guy that, he has the best contested catch conversion rate I've ever charted. That, yeah, so I mean, he's a guy that I think does everything pretty well. Uh, and he's going to get to be a more well-rounded threat in Detroit than he was uh, in in Cincinnati. I didn't think I'd be high on him for fantasy this year because I thought people would be overrating him, but they're really underrating him. Yeah, I think uh, I think that stigma of his off and on again thing in Cincinnati is has caused people to have a little recency bias or something. And uh, I did I have heard on other podcasts that that uh, insiders there have said uh, as far as uh, targets and receptions on the team, they actually think Tate and Jones will be pretty close. Yep. And you can usually pencil in Matt Stafford for 600, 650 targets or yep. uh, you know attempts. So that's a that's that could be pretty good for Jones. You know, Jacob Rickroad has talked about this a lot. I, I dropped his name on it for the same reason on another podcast, but I'll say it again. Like he's talked recently on a few shows about like 120 targets is about the the baseline for what you want in a potential wide receiver two, wide receiver one candidate. And there's like I can't imagine a scenario where Jones doesn't get a buck twenty targets this year. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, totally he had a buck of three last year. Yeah. And if for a wide receiver 40 price tag, I mean, that's the real seller. Like, ninth round on fantasy football calculator, give me that all day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ninth round, the way people draft wide receivers, that's probably your wide receiver four or five. Yeah. The the whole point of this is we need to make some moves before we actually release this podcast. Yes. Right. You guys do, you guys do like, record these on Thursday and release them on Sunday or Saturday, Sunday I've noticed. Yep. Yeah. That's sneaky. <laughs> That's what we're known for. Sneaky. Now, Matt, you like you liked uh, Josh Doxson, right? Before draft. Yes, I did. Oh right. yeah. Oh well, that's a good thing because uh, we have another segment of sex tricks here. Ooh, Miss Amanda's back. Oh boy. I listened to that segment before on the on the first one. I was while walking my dog, and I was painfully <laughs> uncomfortable listening to that, like in public, <laughs> like because of the pleats or. Uh, because of all of it, <laughs> I think that I think the deep male voice was the part that made me most uncomfortable. So I don't want to. Now I'm going to hear this again on the show, and it's going to make me uncomfortable. Mm, say it slower. Yes, there it is. There it is. <laughs> all right. So here is Josh Doxson's edition of Sex Tricks. 
let's talk about Josh Doxson. This 200-pound Washington Redskins receiver is 74 inches tall. Oh, he's so long. At the combine, he posted a 41-inch vertical. Of course he did. Have you seen those thighs? His 10.34 catch radius places him in the 96th percentile, according to Player Profiler. He posted a 4.5-second 40-yard dash, which begs the question, who does it faster? Doxson running a 40-yard dash, or Dynasty Frank finishing while watching Josh Doxson film on Draft Breakdown? Though you may now find Josh Doxson in the mature category of your favorite porn site, his college breakout age was 18. Barely legal. Oh, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Well, that, was the, that was the worst thing I've ever experienced. <laughs> that was horrendous. Oh, when we talked about that beforehand, we, we thought it was going to be absolutely hilarious, but what made it better was was your, pre, your pre-thoughts of uh, Ty's low voice doing it. <laughs> he said that was the most uncomfortable point in listening to the, the previous section. Yeah, was, oh, yeah. When he said God. that, I, I knew it was coming. So when he said that, I was, I just, I was smiling. <laughs> Yikes! Uh, Scott, you want to play some uh, Dynasty Loser with Matt here? Let's do yeah. it. All right, uh, let's play a little Dynasty Loser then. That sounds good. Uh, if you did not listen two weeks ago, this is a game where uh, we. Uh, take loser letters and we spell out the word loser and the person who gets all five letters in the word loser first is the loser I guess um, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to make some statements uh, some some statements see if you've done these in a dynasty league I, I suppose maybe a redraft league but um, and uh, people are going to take letters so let's let's try playing this if you have an NFL free agent on any dynasty roster take oh. a loser letter God damn it. God damn it. Arian Foster. Ah, I do too. Calvin Johnson. (laughs) That doesn't count. He's not technically a free agent. Is he? Well, he's still under contract with the Lions. Oh, that's true. Matt, you have anybody? No, I don't. I'm I'm free agent clear, I I think. Look at this guy. Yeah. I'm not not taking it so Matt, Matt's going to win. We already know it. All right, okay. Well, I'm perfect, so. <laughs> there you go. Reception you, perfection. That, that should be his new nickname. Hashtag, that's his new hashtag brand, reception <laughs> perfection. Make up T-shirts. Some, somebody contact us if you can make T-shirts for Matt. Please, I always need more shirts. Okay. If you ever drafted Trent Richardson first overall in a rookie draft or a startup, take a loser letter. Nope. No. 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 I actually took Doug Martin over Trent Richardson once. Wow. Yeah. A humble brag. Humble brag. Well, not like Allen Robinson in my DMs humble brag, but, you know, it's a little... <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> I, I apologize for nothing. <laughs> you shouldn't. Scott, uh, hold on, Scott. Did you take a letter or no? Uh yes. Yes. I, I suppose I, I suppose I did take Trent Richardson uh, first overall in a Debbie draft when he was coming out of high school. So I guess that counts. That counts. That'll, no, that'll that counts. counts. That'll totally count. counts. Uh, some of the L O. That's great. 
Um, if you have ever waited to the last minute of an auction to bid someone out of spite. Yes, totally. Taking the no. Mm, yep. <laughs> yeah, I'll take an O. Oh, nice. Come on, if you haven't done that, you're not living. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> have you done it, Scott? Oh, you know I have. Oh, yeah. So, loser. <laughs> I'm gonna, I got I'm one. Gonna, can I, can I ask one? Yeah. If you've ever rejected a trade offer without commenting, oh, or texting, I, or getting back, you know. Oh, you, I do. Every time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm honestly, don't, I honestly don't think I have. Like without you I, just reject it's, it. It's possible, you know? but I don't. I've definitely done that. Definitely. A- actions, actions speak louder than words. And <laughs> you know what? You know what? I, <laughs> I, I, I can think of one person who I have done that too. Yeah, <laughs> I got. I have an S. I was going right. to say, come on, everybody's got to have done that at least once. Yeah, yeah, yeah oh. I, I know there's one person that I do that to routinely. So Sometimes you get <laughs> I, I just remember that. You get, you get some offers that are just so disgusting. I can't possibly tell you why it's bad. Exactly. Yeah. If I'm going <laughs> to waste my time actually texting something to you, it's not, hap- it's not happening. I can't do yeah, it. You should All know right. it's <laughs> well, since I have L O S E already, let's go with this one. If your if your band used to be hardcore, but now you do fantasy podcast jingles, take Hoon's letter. What if you what if you don't do podcast jingles, but you just do fantasy podcast, but your band used to be hardcore? Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's a loophole. Damn it! Yeah, I well, have I'm, one I'm, of the hats. I know you've got one, obviously, but I, I don't do any podcast jingles, but I used to be in a, in a hardcore uh, metal band. And, Me too. Uh, <laughs> I did not know. Wow. Music. I used to be in a band as well. I used to be in a shit ton of like bad bands, but I was in a in a in a hardcore band for like a, for about a three week period. But I didn't really like the other guys, so well, that's I mean, totally it's hardcore. hardcore. Yeah. It's totally yeah hardcore. Sorry. Hope, hope none of you are listening. If any of you are still. What hard. instrument? Oh, I'm a guitar player. Skin flute. I, look at that. Uh, <laughs> I play guitar time. and banjo now, but I've played plenty of instruments in my life. Awesome. <laughs> so I'm gonna take an S because I, even though I don't do jingles, I was in a hard rock band. So I'll take half an S. <laughs> nice. Half S. Half S. All right. Take a loser letter. <laughs> if you traded away Brandon Marshall or Eric Decker right before they went to the Jets. Nope. No. I'd rather I'd rather be dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's hyperbolic. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I bought Brandon Marshall last year before he went to the well, when he went to the Jets. Wow, mm. nice, nice call. Yeah, uh, again. <laughs> Scott, what about yourself? Uh, no, I did not. I, I've actually, I don't know that I've ever owned either of them. Me neither. I was just about to say that, Scott. I don't think I've ever owned Brandon Marshall or Eric Decker ever. Decker's a Minnesota boy. You'd think I would have tried harder, but no. I tried to sell Brandon Marshall a week ago for Tyler Lockett and got shot down. Oh. <laughs> Take a loser letter if you have rostered Ruben Randall for longer than two years. Nope. Uh, no, no, I have not. No, it was about two years, though. Wow, <laughs> man. Nope. Not getting anyone with these. Listen, I'm a Giant right. fan. I know exactly I have not how Ruben Randall is. Uh Take a loser letter if you've ever accepted a deal having injury knowledge about a player yes. uh, that the owner didn't. Yep, totally. I have not. My home league, I have totally have. Wow, Frank, screw, you're a prick. Screw my home league mates. I don't give a <laughs> shit. Yeah, it all's fair in fantasy football in your home leagues. Sorry. <laughs> I have not. <laughs> oh, 
What are we at, guys? What's the scorecard? Frank's got to be close. I have an E. I have one more letter. I'm, I'm, e. I'm a L-O-S. I have, I have a half an S. I'm one letter half away, S. too. Oh, shit. Um, the next one. I already know <laughs> I lost. Uh, if you own three players from your favorite team on any Dynasty roster. This, this is set up oh. for Matt to win right there. Matt can't even wow. have that, basically. Well, if it's the Carolina Panthers, I... I sure as shit don't own any Devin Funchess, uh, so I'm, they're, they're clear on that one. Nice. But I do, ha- I do have Benjamin, Cam, and Olsen on. Separate. Does it count if it's on different teams? Uh it's it says on any dynasty roster. So yeah, so, yeah. Uh, so then uh, yeah, that's me. Totally. So, yeah. I'm out, loser. <laughs> yeah, I'm out. I'm also. out too. <laughs> so we all suck. by default. Yeah, I I know I am. Uh, on one single team, I know that I have Peterson, McKinnon, uh, Diggs, and still Cordero Patterson. <laughs> oh, my God. Of all the teams to own multiple players from. <laughs> I know, right? So we're going to go on to uh, Twitter questions, which we're going to call the Bull Rush, ironically, because, you know, that's our podcast name. But uh, Oh, it is? Yeah. Oh, that's a good name. It's crazy. It's a decent, yeah. decent name for this segment. I like it. Matt, I just want to hear your thoughts on forgotten second-round wide receivers like Conley, Hardy, Aguilar, Crowder, and Devin Smith. This is from at Fife1919. Well, let's start with um, Aguilar so that I can not answer that one because I, I just don't really feel like we should talk about him at all until we have his legal uh, situation resolved. Wow, good. good point. Um, yeah, because for, for one, if he did it, um, you know, Fuck him. Uh, exactly. Like, yeah. So we yeah. just. Yeah. So there's that, and uh, you know, let's, let's just we'll have to just wait to see what even any of that means. But uh, so we'll forget about him for the time being. And uh, Chris Conley is still interesting to me. You know, I know I just put the reception perception of Albert Wilson out there, but um, Conley still obviously is the more intriguing athletic upside of the two pair there. I think that Albert Wilson's obviously in my view, is a good NFL player that people should know about. Um, and if he ever was in a situation where he got targets, I think that he could produce. But Conley's still the one that is more intriguing there. You know, he's been productive, too, when Jeremy Macklin has been out of the picture. So he's still a guy that I think if you can stash on the cheap, you should. Uh, it just didn't, you know, whatever hopes that that offense ever opens up. Um, Devin Smith, I was a big Devin Smith fan coming out, but he's had injury after injury coming out. You know, he punctured his lung in training camp and got off to a slow start and then tore his ACL. He might start the year on the pup, but I, I think I still think, and again, this might just be the truther in me coming out again, <laughs> I still think that we should probably hold out hope for him, especially because the Jets love to spread the field with multiple wide receivers, but they don't have anybody behind uh, Marshall or Decker. Um, and the last guy was Justin Hardy, I don't know. I liked Hardy as a prospect, and I think he's a pretty good slot receiver, but I also just don't think that there's much of any role there there available for him unless Mohamed Sanu completely throws up all over himself, which I know you can't say on this podcast because I am apparently (laughs) high on uh, the only other person on the planet high on Mohamed Sanu (laughs) other than the Falcons' front office. But unless unless um, unless he really just flops... Hardy's probably not going to matter either, even though I do think he's a good slot receiver. Okay, all right. Well, yeah, like you said earlier, the team, what the team thinks matters, matters man. Yeah. Right. Well, Jamison Crowder, I think out of this whole bunch, is the most um, productive one of all of them, right? I mean, last year he had a decent year. 
Yeah, he, like he has a, and he has a clear of all these guys. I think he has a clear role on his yeah, team. Yeah, I mean, talk all about they, all they really have is Pierre Garcon there. So no, <laughs> enough with this Pierre Garcon. He's oh, it's over. It's over for Pierre Garcon. He wasn't even in the the the, the photo, the wide receiver <laughs> photos, bro. I was gonna mention that. Uh, I was gonna just say I was like, we. Know, I know we just talked about this, but I was thinking of the other podcast I was on before this because I'm completely confused about where I am in reality <laughs> anymore. Um, but no, Jamison Crowder is interesting because these all these guys on in Washington right now have a super clear role. Doxton's the potential future number one, the best player in at winning the ball in traffic, which is something that none of the other guys do very well. So he's going to be valuable year one. That's Jackson's right. obviously the best deep threat in the NFL still. To me, per reception perception, still has the best success rate versus coverage on nine routes. And then Pierre Garçon's kind of that short to intermediate jack-of-all-trades type of player. Uh, can do a little bit of everything. The flanker, outside player, and... Crowder is the clear slot receiver. So to me, of all these guys we've talked about, he has the clearest role and projection of any of them. Nice. Yeah, I agree with Except that. Except Aguilar if, you know, he didn't do it. But right. like you said, if he did, fuck him. Yeah, fuck him. But if he did, yeah, definitely fuck him. <laughs> all right, so next question is from at spider underscore scar. And uh, he asks, so many seem divided on Kevin White. Still, you seem optimistic about him. And how high would you take him in a dynasty startup? How high I would take him in a dynasty startup is an interesting question. I would say, where does he go? Where does he go around these days in, in startups? I have not been in a well. I was in a startup mock recently. He probably went. I think he went like an early third round. Yeah, I was gonna say it'd probably be second third round. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that seems fair to me. If he's a if he's an early third round pick or mid third round pick, I think that's totally fair in dynasty and. I mean, the opportunity is is there in Chicago. They don't have really anybody outside of Alshon Jeffrey and Zach Miller, who, by the way, I think is like a sneaky potential tight end one candidate this year. I, I mean, I love Kevin White, the talent, even though I know we haven't seen anything from him at the NFL level. I think he you know, could have absorbed the playbook and the time away, and it will be ready. I think I, he's going to start this year, and I think he's a sneaky candidate for over 100 targets this year as well. I, I, st I don't really see any reason to be down on Kevin White other than he's another one that we've been talking about age like he's obviously older and all that but to me he checked all the boxes as a prospect so right. I, I'm still pretty hyped about Kevin White well he uh, I mean according to DLF he's going 24th overall up five spots from last month hmm. that's pretty that's pretty aggressive yeah I don't know I he's another one that I never probably he's going one spot above Moncrief yeah he's, I would Kevin rather White's going 24 Moncrief's going 25 yeah, I would probably rather have Moncrief of the two. Yeah, me too. Obviously. All right, so, uh, <laughs> hey, where do you rank Tyler Lockett in relation to other 2015 rookie wide receivers, and specifically Kevin White, which we just talked about? That was from at FB. Well, I definitely still Kevin White over Lockett to me, but probably not by as much as it would have been last year, only because I think of all the, of the two of them, Kevin White's obviously the more superior physical talent, uh, he ha has a chance to probably... But, see, I don't think that he necessarily has a, a locked-in more of a target share than, than Lockett does. Locked-in Lockett, that's nice. Um, <laughs> that is nice. Really, to me, I mean, Cooper's probably still the one of, of all of these guys. White would still be the two, but I think Lockett would be three. I would take him over Parker, and I really don't see why that's a hot take other than 
like the only thing that I think that Parker has in his favor is sorry, Frankie. Um, I really <laughs> think the only <laughs> like Parker was drafted in the first round, but Lockett is with a better quarterback. I feel like he's more locked into his starting role. He's played better at the NFL, far exceeded his his situation and expectations last year. Yeah, I mean, I think every, I mean, every, and he's, I mean, reception perception, if you want to get into the weeds with that, I mean, it's not even close who's the better player <laughs> right now. So, yeah, I think to me, Lockett would be the number three, and then DGB would probably be four if the Titans actually like him, which they might not like him. Yeah, I'm not sure they do. Yeah. Ugh, that's disgusting. Uh. This yeah. is all. This is all hurting my Devonte Parker love. <laughs> no, man, he's helping you. He's gonna make yes, him cheaper. So you him. You're right. Yeah. I mean, Tyler Lockett's going 40th overall. Kevin White is going 24th overall. Devonte Parker 26th, and you guys hate him. So whatever. Give me that. Give me that price on Lockett <laughs> over the on the, on the over the two of them. Anyways, even though even though I think White will be worth more in Dynasty, I'd rather wait around and take Lockett in the fourth round over White at his price. Oh yeah. All right, uh, I'll read off the next one. Okay, uh, this is from Pastor at Pastor Krinsky. Well, of course, I picked this one at Pastor Krinsky. It looks like You're... Chris in KY, right? No, Chris in KY. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the question, Pastor. Yes, thank you very much. At Pastor Chris in KY. Thank, thank you, Ty, for that. All right, your MFL 10 strategy, and what do you do if you own Landry and Parker in Dynasty? Trade Landry now. I mean, my MFL, my MFL 10 strategy varies right now. Um, I normally don't feel comfortable with my team if I end up leaving a draft without two of the top 15 receivers. I end up with a lot. I've ended up with a lot of like top four picks. So I normally get one of those top four elite receivers, which AJ Green's in that tier this year, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh-huh. and then I normally end up doubling down on receiver at the turn of the second, third round with like a Demarius Thomas type who I think is undervalued this year just based on targets alone and then get my first running back in the third round. That's normally how I end up going. I know I really don't want to leave a draft with one of those two receivers, but I've been kind of experimenting with mixing running backs in more, but I just never end up liking the receiver core enough uh, in a best ball league, especially where I feel like you need, you need one of those just ball-busting receivers, for lack of a better word. Like, you need one of those elite guys that can score at just an outrageous rate, I feel like, to win in an NFL 10. Um, But I'm also, like, trying to experiment with a little bit more of, like, robust running back, just because I know that's a strategy that people have talked about recently in a high high light. And, um, you know, it's not the way people are going these days. People are definitely much more um, obsessed with running backs. While I was on the show ignoring you guys earlier, I made an NFL 10 pick, and, uh, (laughs) like, at at the bottom, of the second round, uh, Devonta Freeman and Mark Ingram were available, and the top receivers were like Brandon Cooks and Demarius Thomas, who I think I have enough of at this point, and Sammy Watkins. And I was like, I would just rather take one of those running backs there, but that's not like locked in. So, so my MFL 10 strategy is up in the air. It's variable based on the draft. Uh, right. And for the Miami receiver question, I would sell Parker right now because I think you could get more for him because there's apparently like a blood war about Jarvis Landry. Like yeah. you, must, <laughs> you must take sides. I know. Um, and I feel like I actually need to actually chart out his 2015 reception perception. I have his rookie year data, but I don't have his second year data. I feel like I just need to do it just because so many people seem to be interested in him. Um, please I would do. please do yeah. it. I, but I think he's good. I mean, I just don't get it. Like the people that think he's bad are ridiculous. But the people that think he's 
on the same level. Like, but does but does anybody think he's at the same level as like an Odell Beckham or one no. of these other elite receivers? They like, went nobody... to the same school. That's about it. Right, but I nobody mean, it... nobody thinks. It, but he's one of the best young receivers in the league, but not to the same extent as these other guys are. But he's fine. He's a good he's a good NFL player who does what's asked of him. He's another one we talked about this with Funchess, like. He's one that, it, that, like, looking at his fantasy points per target is stupid and comparing him to other NFL receivers because he is asked to do different things. Than, right. So we'll see. I mean, I think I think all things are kind of up in the air, though, for the Miami receivers just because I think Gase is going to change things up from the way that Philbin ran a pretty poor offense. Oh, Thank Philbin you. was the freaking worst. But I would, I would sell Parker over the two because I think you can get more for him. Hmm. Again, this anti-Parker... Okay, on to the next. <laughs> Look, it was like the same thing. I'm not. I mean, no, I'm not relating the two because they have the same name. But like, this was the same way it was with Devonte Adams last year. Like, you could have sold him for a king's ransom yeah, when, right. when Jordy Nelson went down. And I think now is the time. Now is the time to sell Parker and then buy him back after this year when he lets people down. Not that I think you should. Not that I. Not that I think you should. Not that I think you should buy back Devonte Adams. That's how I'm saying. But I think that that's probably the, the smartest move. I'm gonna. I don't know what to do with Devontae Parker now. Just no, move I'm on, sorry. Frank. Move on. I'm not. I'm gonna hold on to him. He's gonna die on my team. All right. From at too real for mere words. Trying to dig deep. Best Dino prospect: J.J. Nelson, Kenny Bell, Marquise Lee, or Sammy Coates, and why? Not Marquise Lee. J.J. Um, <laughs> right? Nelson. J.J. Nelson is an interesting hold just because. I think Arians likes him, the team seems to like him, and there's some question marks in the wide receiver core. Floyd's in his last year of his contract, Fitzgerald's getting older, so he's definitely somebody that's worth a hold. But the other two guys are more intriguing to me. I mean, Kenny Bell, they came out and said he's a lock to make the roster, which yes. is interesting to me. They love they love Kenny Bell, and I liked I like Kenny Bell a lot too. He's a Matt Waldman favorite, which always means something mm-hmm. to me. Right. Um, and I think that there is obviously opportunity to take there, whether it's the third receiver job this year or the number two receiver job down the line. I think he's he's definitely definitely worth a stash. But even though he's probably um, my second least favorite prospect of all these guys, I think Coates is the most intriguing right now, simply because of the opportunity marriaged with the ability. Even though I'm not right. a big Coates fan, you got it. You have to be intrigued by. By Darius Hayward's bay back, his backup. You have to be intrigued by that, right? <laughs> There's a subtle, subtle troll take in there. But I'm just kidding. But I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love Kenny Bell. I, like you said, once Matt Waldman uh, dug into him with that RSP last year, and uh, it's just he had um, a buddy of mine send me a video of uh, one of his um, uh, his highlight reels, uh, highlight tape. I'm like, oh my god, this guy's awesome. Yeah, but, they, uh, and they have an opening for that type of player too. You know, right. a slot flanker type. I mean, they real they need like they need that option to emerge there because they basically have two big trees, and right. they need somebody. And Jameis Winston's for all the uh, Eli Manning comparisons that he got coming out. He's a good uh, intermediate passer. He made Rashad Green like a really good college player, and I think Kenny Bell could fit into that type of archetype. Nice. I thought you were gonna take a shot at Eli Manning, and then it'd be on yeah. Matt. <laughs> then we'd have, then we'd be fighting. Um, I know better than that. <laughs> so at Moose on a hill. <laughs> That's a great one. As, <laughs> when you see a site's projection on a player that's much different than yours, how do you adjust, or do you adjust? That's a good question. Um, I, I think, well, for one, it depends on who says it. 
that seems rude to say, but I mean, other people, when, like when there are analysts that I really trust, and there are a lot of them out there, say something Frank. that, yeah, right. Like when Dynasty, when I see something come from the Dynasty Frank Twitter account, <laughs> it makes me rethink. <laughs> You know, mostly something like bitching about something that happens in a grocery store. No, but <laughs> well, at the deli. Like, yeah. Just because you're old doesn't mean I have to give up my spot in line, lady. Sorry. <laughs> I'm not gonna talk about. I'm not gonna talk about social etiquette with you. I mean, no. you're from the, you're from the North. That automatically makes you a dick. So. <laughs> I'm from where? He's got that New York etiquette, right? Oh yeah. yeah. Anyways, the New York, uh, New York values. There's, there's a point. Yes. <laughs> Anyways. Here we go. Um, so if somebody smart says something that I disagree with, I am always going to go back and reevaluate my stance on it. Um, or go back and check. You know, if it's a receiver, especially, go re, re, like re, put him through, like put him through reception perception if I haven't already. Go back and reexamine my data. Um, I think like being open to other people's opinions and and taking in multiple analysts and I mean that's why I'm constantly listening to like podcasts I mean a- anytime I'm out walking the dog when I'm cooking dinner when I'm doing the dishes constantly listen to podcasts constantly trying to intake information because if there's something different from the way I view things I want to know about it I mean it's in my Twitter bio for God's sakes I don't have all the answers which by the <laughs> way people taking all my uh, taking all my information and I might not always be right just by the way no you're always right Matt yeah, but you're you know even if you're wrong, you took a good educated uh, shot at it. Put a lot of time, put a lot of effort into it. Right. Sure. No. I mean, if 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 there's one thing that we've learned in the draft industry, especially the best way to cop out of things is just to say, well, the coaches aren't using him right, or he's injured. So <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's true. All right, we got one more. Adam Rank predicted Sterling Shepard to be the top rookie wide receiver this season. Do you agree? That is from at Ty in St. Louis, STL. Ty, that guy sucks. I blocked his ass years ago. Yeah, block, mute, report for spam. Uh, No, uh, I think my – well, you guys have had Adam Rank on the show. He and I are tight. I I love Adam Rank. But I think he's he's stealing off my notes on this one. Um, (laughs) Obviously. No, I th- but I agree everybody with everybody. Everybody is Matt. We all love. Oh, that's make you. No perception, perception, and we all love Sterling Shepard. So yeah, no, I mean, I think that if you, if you're, if you, like I said, if you've followed reception perception, you know that Sterling Shepard was uh, far and away the best at success rate versus man coverage, success rate versus press coverage, the best route runner in this year's class. He and he also happens to be going to a spot that. They pretty much already crowned him the number two receiver, yes. uh, which is yeah. which is fine because they also don't have any other they don't have any other bodies to play that spot. But he's already won the number two receiver job pretty much, uh, and his skill set fits right in with that offense. Um, he's a pristine route runner, and that West Coast offense asks that you run up tempo timing routes. They're going to pass a lot uh, there in New York. I mean. It, he, he's another one that could sneak into like the 120 target range just because there's not a lot of other options to throw there other than Odell. And everything pretty much lines up for Shepard. Everything, everything fits. I think he is going to... I've, I've mentioned a piece that I hope to write for NFL.com about all my like reception perception stances going into this year and what I'm what I'm really projecting and my my one of the categories is going to be most productive rookie receiver and it's going to be Sterling Shepard. Spoiler alert. Oh, nice. <laughs> all right, from at D Rice A Z. Any thoughts on Quincy Anunua? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was uh, that was interesting. Thank you everyone for sending in your uh, Twitter questions. 
All right, so let's knock out some rapid-fire questions. How many games does Sam Bradford start this year? Uh, seven. Seven, okay. So James Coe recently called Franchise's Beard the best in the fantasy industry. Respond, please. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be humble on this one and say he's right. Um, because I saw, I've seen Franchise's Beard lately, and it looks really good. And also, I still can't grow a proper mustache, so I'm going to say, yes, he's, <laughs> he's right. But I am, I, am, I am a member, and I think I'm still on a run-on sentence here. I have recently subscribed to uh, Dollar Beard Club, um, sponsor my podcast, Dollar Beard Club. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and this one. And, and this one, well, I guess, whatever. Do whatever you want with this. One. But <laughs> and I, I'm getting, I'm, I'm gonna be better. I will, I'm getting better. I've, I'm the type of guy that I, I hear a challenge like that and I rise to the occasion. You have to. All right. So if you personally, Matt Harmon, lined up at quarterback for one drive, what two outside wide receivers, one slot receiver, tight end, and running back would you want on your offense? Hmm. <sighs> Um, active, I would say active, that, in the NFL or, active players. Okay, active players. Active players. Oh, damn. Um, well, I would I would say it doesn't matter because I'm gonna <laughs> pee my pants and die the second I see a pass <laughs> coming at me. And the first time one of them hits me, I'll probably explode and turn to dust. So that's really the real answer is it doesn't matter. But if I'm gonna give a uh, an actual answer to this one, I would say that the tight end that I want is Gronk because. It's Gronk. Obviously, right. the goat. And uh, after, even after the game, we can go out and party together. <laughs> uh, win or lose, apparently, based on his, his it don't past matter. history. Uh, I would say the outside receiver that I want... This is, I'm going to do selfish for the two. Uh, for, for Steve Smith, for one, just because I want to meet Steve Smith and like tell him that he's my favorite player of all time. And the second to be Allen Robinson, just so that for because of course he's the greatest that ever played, and right. so also I can thank him in person, not just over the DMs, uh, for making my career as a humble brag right there. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I didn't do a, a Rob's DMs. Huh? Uh, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Maybe it was the other way around, Ty. Uh, oh. Yeah. Anyways, um, never mind. You did no, say no. humble brag, Ty. Yeah, humble oh. brag. Um, oh. And uh, for the for, for the back, I want to I want Ezekiel Elliott because apparently he's a great pass protector, and I want I don't want to be touched. I don't want to be hit. I don't have a low <laughs> threshold for pain tolerance. I don't want anybody to hit me. So he's a running back and slot receiver. Oh, uh, I'm gonna say Danny Amendola because when he gets hurt and I'm hurt at the same time, it'll be maybe they'll maybe they won't focus so much on me. <laughs> All right. So the last time you were here. You mentioned you could complete the act of love in less time than Deronya Wilson could oh run a forty. Um, hey, when the was fan, the last? When was the last time I was on the show? Uh, about f- fifteen episodes ago, I guess. <laughs> was it in? That was in. It was uh, March, I believe. Yeah. Okay. I was. Never mind. I was okay, trying to so, think about, so, yeah, okay. So you've had three months to improve your stamina. Has it improved? No. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. I was on the road for a lot. I was on the road for like 40 days. Uh, so I know I think that I well, I, mean, I wasn't going to like shack up with some drifter while I was out on the road, like invite any weirdos into my tent. So no, I have not had any, I have not uh, improved. Still 4.9 seconds. Me and Duranya are still unsigned, but he's he's unsigned by an NFL team and I am completely un, unbetrothed to a woman. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> Matt, do you have any plugs? You got you want to throw anything out there? I mean, uh, you know, just keep listening to the Backyard Banter podcast. We are almost done with season one. Um, a few more episodes, and then I'll do the last episode on me uh, because a lot of people have asked for that, I guess. Mm-hmm. And other than that, just, you know, reception perception. There will be plenty more content coming out soon, um, especially like I've teased a big old post at NFL.com that should be up soon enough to ruin all the ADPs of the players you like, unless it's Devontae Parker. And, uh, yeah, so that's... So that's about that. Good. Keep keep knocking Devontae Parker down. It makes him easier for, to, to acquire. But, yeah, uh, you can acquire the next Devontae Adams. That's go for it, Frankie. What is the price point at which you will fake a reception perception to help me trade for someone? We all want to know. <laughs> well, let, me just, let me just say this. Lower than you think. <laughs> I am cheap. <laughs> triple triple digits, but lower than you think. My integrity can be bought and sold. <laughs> Good to, Good to uh, know. Good I'm to ready know. to number out a piece of paper right now. <laughs> well, I mean, you've already stole my, pay- my PayPal account, so... Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. Everyone, if you want to buy Matt out, <laughs> listen to earlier in the episode. That's right. All right, so be sure to follow Matt Harmon, which, of course, if you're hearing this show... I'm pretty sure you're you're already following him, but right. uh, his handle is at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. You can follow Dynasty Frank at Dynasty Frank. Follow Scott Fish at Scott Fish twenty four, and follow me without the underscores at Ty and STL. Uh, also follow the show at Bull Rush Podcast. Thanks for coming on tonight, Matt. Yeah, Matt, it's always fun, man. No, my pleasure. This was too much fun. Uh, I don't know how long the show is going to be, but it's we had a lot of fun here tonight. (laughs) Totally, bro. Totally. (laughs) All right, we'll see you next week. Later, guys. Good night, guys. See ya.